everyone, welcome to the second episode of the Lax Flow Podcast with me, your host, O'Brien Daly. And before we get into our first topic, I just want to thank everyone for tuning in. So today's first topic is about the top five college lacrosse venues. Uh, I thought this would be kind of a fun one. It This comes from laxallstars.com, so shout out to those guys. And the list is by Ryan Conwell, so shout out to him for making it. I've always kind of found this stuff pretty interesting, so it was pretty interesting to look at. So, uh, for Well, the first category they have is the best big game venues, and the nominees for that were the Carrier Dome for Syracuse, Navy M- Marine Corp Memorial Stadium for the Navy, and the James N. Short Stadium for Hofstra. And both of these are all pretty good. Uh, all three of these are good stadium selections. Um, I definitely have more of an appealment to the Carrier Dome, as I have been to a, quite a, a couple of... Syracuse lacrosse games and really just games other sports in general at the Carrier Dome so I would definitely my pick would probably go for the Syracuse Carrier Dome uh, the Navy on uh, the Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium though is quite a good stadium in the regard obviously it's big it's got plenty of seating it's got a good layout it's symmetrical so I thought that was good and the Hofstra one I thought the James M. Short Stadium for Hofstra I thought was an interesting pick uh it's definitely the smallest, I would say, of the three. It's got an interesting layout, and uh, it's primarily just a lacrosse stadium. I believe they do host soccer games there as well, so it's interesting because it's like one of the non-multipurpose or non-football-used ones as well, as seeing as that, obviously, Navy Marine Corps Stadium, Memorial Stadium, and Carrier Dome are both used for football in for their respective teams, so I find that interesting. But I definitely got to go with uh, the Carrier Dome. Though I may be showing some favoritism, I definitely think it is the better of the three stadiums. Now the second category they had is Best Venues with History, and the nominees for that were Homeward Field, John Hopkins, Mitchie Stadium, Army West Point, and Garber Field, UMass. Now this one's a little bit more of a competition to me. Um, Obviously, Mitchie Stadium has a ton of history behind it, not just w- with lacrosse, but other sports as well. Uh, obviously, the look of it is great, and tons of great lacrosse has been played there over the years. But looking at Homewood Field, I feel like has to take the cake because it's John Hopkins, and so much lacrosse history has been played on that field. And I feel like it makes all the other stadiums in this category kind of fail in comparison. Now, I do got to give some respect to UMass because it's pretty legendary with how like they torment other teams that come in. So I got to give them a little recognition there. But I definitely think Homewood Field takes the cake for this section. For our third category, we got lacrosse-specific facilities. And the nominees for this section are Arlotta Stadium from Notre Dame, Panzer Stadium, Penn State, and Peter Barton Lacrosse Stadium, Denver. And this one's an interesting one. Um, I know which one my mom and dad would probably pick. Uh, Notre Dame, Arlotta Stadium, because they're huge Notre Dame fans. Granted, more football than lacrosse. But this is an interesting category as well. I do have a bit of a soft spot for Notre Dame lacrosse, even though I'm not a huge fan of them. And Arlotta Stadium is kind of just iconic, I feel like, to me anyway, especially with Notre Dame's recent uh, lacrosse history. Panzer Stadium is the newest of the three, though, and it is quite nice. 
granted, on the bit of the smaller side of the three stadiums here, uh, with only about, uh, I believe, 1,300 people as the max capacity. So, obviously, not the, like I said, not the biggest. But Peter Barton Lacrosse Stadium in Denver is obviously, you know, with Denver's great lacrosse history, obviously winning a national championship in 2015. Granted, the this isn't about history, so if I gotta go with uh, specific facilities, I might have to go with uh, Notre Dame on this one, though Peter Barton is definitely right behind it. The fourth category I thought was a bit of a fun one. The name of it is Watching from a Picnic Blanket, and the nominees for it were Clockner Stadium, Virginia, Arlotta Stadium, Notre Dame, and John Fallon Field, Albany. And this is, um, I'm glad to see another stadium I've actually been to again. I have been to John Fallon Field in Al Albany. I went on a trip with my high school lacrosse team. It was in it was pretty neat to see, interesting to see. Uh, I loved actually walking on the field. That was pretty cool. And I actually have friends who go to and play lacrosse at University of Albany. Shout out to Connor Finger and Jack Peterson. And I also feel like I can't mention Penyon Lacrosse and University of Albany Lacrosse without mentioning the great Brett Queener. So shout out to him. But now looking at the other stadiums, I mean, we did talk about Arlotta Stadium for Notre Dame, I obviously already, so I don't think there's much more to say about it. Though, I might have to go with Clockner Stadium for this one, um, just for the fact that the category is watching from a picnic blanket. I think that one out of these three has the best like cause for that, because it has the most open field to actually watch the game. John Fallon Field has plenty of, like, you know, grass to where you could put down a, a chair or a blanket or what have you to watch a game. I just think Clockner has a better setup for it. It's more open to people to do that. Obviously, you have the grandstands there, but I just think it's better for, for that kind of viewing. Now, for best shared use venue, we have Chappie Field at Anderson Stadium, Providence, Dorrance Field, North Carolina, and Ridley Athletic Complex, Loyola. With this category, it's another interesting one. Um, each stadium has its own uniqueness, I think, especially uh, Dorrance Field with North Carolina, just with how iconic it is, really, to the college lacrosse. Though, I do think Chappie Field has a little... I don't know if I'd use the term uniqueness to it. Maybe I, I guess you could use it. Um, I like it a lot. It's smaller, obviously, than Dorrance Field. Um, but I love how everything is blended into it. Like, all the other facilities kind of, it's just melded well with it. It looks nice. It's clean cut. And I don't want to keep using the word nice, but that's truly what it is. It's just nice. Um, Dorrance Field isn't unnice, I wouldn't say. It isn't nice. Um, it is nice, uh, but I just don't think it really wins this category. Now, Ridley Athletic Complex is kind of a standout one here. It's obviously, I would definitely, it's definitely the biggest, you know, with like the amount of seatings and everything. But I don't know what it is. I just got to go with Chappie Field here. I think at Anderson Stadium, I just think it it's just the better one. So that's my pick for best shared use venue. And that brings us to the end of uh, this little top five college lacrosse venues. 
uh, I thought this was pretty interesting. You know, I've always it's it's something kind of neat to look at. You know, you know, some people may think stuff like this gets overlooked, and I kind of agree with that to a way, because um, I've seen some pretty bad stadiums before with great teams playing in them, and I've seen some great stadiums with with horrible teams playing them. So you know, it 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 makes you really think about that kind of stuff. Just like how much of an impact having a good stadium can do to a team or how little but again i'd like to give a shout out to laxallstars.com for this top five list i'd also like to give a shout out to ryan conwell who made up the list and i definitely think you guys should go check out the list yourselves it's a really interesting read definitely goes into really in-depth look into all each and every one of the stadiums listed for the next part of this episode, I thought we'd take a look at the World Lacrosse Sixes, or the Super Sixes. Now, I should probably give a brief insight as to what World Lacrosse Sixes actually is, because some of you listening may actually not know what it is. So basically, it's a new form of lacrosse, just a different way of playing, with a new set of rules, new type of playing surface, and yeah, it's all it's outside. Uh, so some brief things about sixes is that it's a it's got a 30 second shot clock. Games are played in four eight minute quarters. Goalies initiate play after goals are scored. Draws face offs occur only at the start of each quarter. Field size is 70 by 36 meters, so obviously a smaller playing surface than a regular field. Flow of the game emphasizes tempo with fewer stoppages in play. Everyone. Everyone plays both sides of the field, defensive, defensive, and offensive. Substitutions are made on the fly. Rosters are comprised of six players, which leads to more players, more to more playing time and more touches on the ball. In the women's game, defensive players cannot be penalized for entering the shooting lane of an offensive player. Offensive players will be penalized for taking a shot without regard for other players. So. When I first heard about this and like learned about the rules and everything, what came to mind was box across. Honestly, uh, I definitely think there are some similarities. Obviously, like with uh, everyone plays both sides of the field because obviously that happens a lot, pretty much always in box across. Uh, so yeah, it's and so far I've been watching it and it's very fun to watch. Obviously, anything really fast paced like it. Obviously, lacrosse is already fast paced sport, uh, fastest game on two feet, as I've been I have always been told. So, yeah, and I really do like it so far, and it's, it is interesting to watch. Now, the Super Sixes tournament had gone on f- from October 23rd till October 24th, so the games ended yesterday, and it was taking place in Sparks, Maryland. Now, there were three nations competing, the United States, the Haudenosaunee Confederacy, and Canada, and each of one of those teams had a woman and a men's squad competing, and the squads had a good mix of pro and college level players between them. One famous face and name that came to mind for the Haudenosaunee squad was of course the great Lyle Thompson. Other names included Ty Thompson for the Haudenosaunee squad, former Tar Heel Justin Anderson, and a player that I have come to know while attending St. Bonaventure University, a Mr. Brett Dobson, who has made a great impact here for the Bonnies as a goalkeeper. And he, of course, was playing for Team Canada. So it's really nice and honestly cool to see someone from my school compete against a lot, you know, all these great players. Now, for the first few results of the tournament that happened on Saturday, October 23rd, included Canada versus the Haudenosaunee. Canada 
when the women's team faced off against the Haudenosaunee, Canada's women team beat them 20 to 13, while Team Canada for the men's beat the Haudenosaunee 17 to 16. For Canada, the women's top scorer was Shonley Wallace with four, and for the Haudenosaunee, it was Lois Garlow with five. For Canada, their goalie Lauren Spence had 11 saves, while Jenna Herring had 12. For the men's matchup, Ryan Lee for Canada tied with Dyson Williams, Clark Peterson, and Jeff T. All four of them had three goals each. For the Haudenosaunee, Kyle Jackson led the way with seven goals. For Canada, Drake Porter and Brett Dobson both shared some game time. Drake Porter had 10 saves, while Dobson had four. For the Haudenosaunee squad, Warren Hill had 10 saves all to himself. Now for the United States versus Canada matchup. First off, we had the women's game. For the United States, Casey Choma had three goals, and Canada's Aurora Cordingly had three, as well as Madeline Baxter and Eve Hurtsuk. For the goalies, for the United States, Rachel Hall had seven saves, while for Canada, Casey Eckert had eight. Now for the men's game, the United States... Ryan Conrad had five goals, while for Canada, Clark Peterson and Jeff T. both had four goals. For saves for the United States, Jack Kelly had 11, and for Canada, Dylan Ward had 10. Now for the final two matchups we had that we had on the 23rd, we had the United States going up against the Haudenosaunee. For the United States of the women's matchup, we had Sam Swart scoring four goals, and for the Haudenosaunee, we had Lois Garlow scoring four. For saves, for the United States, we had Madison Dosette with 8, and for the Haudenosaunee, we had Paige Crandall with 7. Now, for the final men's matchup of the day, with the USA facing the Haudenosaunee, the score ended up being 16-11 to in favor of the USA, with Ryder Garnsey and Justin, and Justin Gutterding both scoring 3 goals, with Brendan Bomberry of the Haudenosaunee scoring 3 himself as their top scorer. For saves, we had Adam Gittleman with 8 for the USA, and Warren Hill had 10 for the Haudenosaunee. Now, just as a quick refresher for all the scores that happened on the 23rd, for the women's matchup between the Canada team and the Haudenosaunee, the final score was 20-13 to in favor of Canada. For the men's team, Canada scored 17, while the Haudenosaunee scored 16. For the men's squad, and that was in favor of Canada winning that one. For the United States versus Canada women's game, we had Canada scoring 17 goals while the United States scored 14. For the United States versus Canada men's game, the United States scored 18 while Canada scored 17. And finally, again, United States versus the Haudenosaunee game for the final game. The women's squad, the United States scored 19 while the Haudenosaunee scored 9. And for the men's game versus the United States versus the Haudenosaunee, the United States had 16 while the Haudenosaunee had 11. Now my final opinions for this tournament so far I would say are pretty good. Um, I really liked it. Some of these games were really, um, they were well matched up, full of excitement. Um, I was pretty much expecting that though when I read the rules and how it was going to play out. Like I said, I saw a lot of flashes of box lacrosse, obviously, with just obviously different pads and 
overall style of play was a little different, but yeah, it was really fun, and I liked this. Um, obviously, it'd be interesting to see more teams compete in this, besides just obviously the United States, the Haudenosaunee, and the Canadian squads. Um, granted, obviously, I liked all those teams. Um, I think on a bigger scale, it's going to be even more enjoyable if they ever do do that. So I think eventually they will do something bigger. But for right now, this was just great. Um, I definitely think this is... I definitely loved seeing other countries play the sport of lacrosse. Um, obviously, I'm looking forward to the next World Lacrosse Championships. Um, me being half Irish, um, I love seeing Ireland have a national lacrosse team. I think that's just great. Obviously, I would love to see lacrosse in the Olympics because at that point, it will truly be recognized, I think, as this legitimate sport that some people, really so many people, look over. Obviously, back in June, uh, the International Olympic Committee endorsed full recognition of world lacrosse for men's and women's lacrosse, uh, which, which was a huge step forward. I was pretty ecstatic when I heard that news. Obviously, we still have a bit of work to do. I think every lacrosse fan, you know, to get more recognition out there. But it really is all just great to see. Now, of course, lacrosse has had some Olympic history to itself already. For those who don't know, it did actually, it was an Olympic sport at one point. It first appeared in the 1904 and 1908 Olympic Games. Uh, in 1904, the games were hosted in St. Louis, and in 1908, the games were hosted in London. And both times uh, they happened, uh, Canada won. Those games do set a foothold for lacrosse in future Olympic Games. Though there were demonstration events in the 1928, 1932, and 1948 Summer Olympics. So it definitely has the history. Now one thing of concern with the um, the Olympics, uh, lacrosse being in the Olympics, is the Haudenosaunee Confederacy becoming the first indigenous nation to secure an Olympic berth. And for those who may not know, uh, the, uh, the Haudenosaunee Confederacy actually was excluded at one point from the 2022 uh, Lacrosse World Games. Now, it ended up being resolved after a change.org petition got started and also a boycott threat by the team did end up clearing the way for them to compete. Though, to some, it still seems a little shaky with how it's all going down, to say the least. Though, if they were to compete in the Olympics, they would be the first unrecognized Native American nation to, uh, to join the list of, like, there are freely associated states that have teams. Um, some examples of them include Hong Kong and uh, Puerto Rico. They all field teams during the Olympics. So I definitely think there's a form of precedence, you know, for the team to fully be recognized during the events of the Olympics and any other world lacrosse event. And of course, I definitely believe uh, the Haudenosaunee uh, Confederacy should have a spot and it definitely should not be as much of a struggle, I think, as it is right now. Though, of course, uh, things are changing. Definitely for the better, more people are becoming aware of the sport of the cross, and that's like I will always say that's a good thing, and many others will too. So we just got to get the word out there. People just got to get the word out there, and I think everything will come together in the end. And with great people representing this sport, like Lyle Thompson, 
you everything will definitely work out in the end i think and everyone will end up happy i do believe that and on that note i do believe it's time for me to sign off so again i would like to thank everyone for tuning in always remember keep your sticks high and i'll see you next time see ya